going on, Nate? Mike, how you doing, man? Good, man. We got uh, snow on the ground, although I think for the first time ever, it's colder in Dallas than it is here. It's crazy. You know, it's uh, it's freezing cold, and of course, when it gets cold and a little icy, people are crazy. Happened to see this this accident that happened in Dallas? Nah. It's been all over the news, at least down here. It's like a handful of people dead, maybe five or ten, like 50 vehicles piled up. Something happened on one of the interstates. And it's, it was a horrific wreck. Huh. No, I haven't even heard anything about that. I, I think of, when I think of the south and ice storms, I think of, I think it was Atlanta a couple years ago, right, where the, the overpasses froze and people were just kind of like skidding out everywhere. That's what I think. Just total chaos. Yeah. Oh, I remember living in San Antonio, anywhere where people aren't used to that, used to driving, and you get a little bit of cold weather, a little bit of ice in San Antonio, and you hit those overpasses, and people just, yeah, they can't deal with it. So, yeah, you're supposed to hit zero down here in Dallas, which people are saying it's never really, they've never really seen it at zero. Global warming, man. Or climate climate change. It's not global warming, it's climate change. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. So hey, uh, we got our we got a guest on. I think first one of the year, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, my good Chuck decided to join us today. So welcome, Chuck. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey guys. How's it going, Jits? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. You're at the top of my list for a guest that I wanted to have on. I met Chuck years ago, and it's funny we were in the government working together, and then we went to a consulting firm together, and. We just always kind of hit it off in like personal development, leadership development. We're both, both former military. Um, so, yeah, he's one of those guys that just keeps me motivated. Can you hear me? Hello? Um, I got you. Okay. One sec. Well, I know you've been uh, talking about Chuck for a while, man, so I'm, I'm glad to, glad to yeah. have him here. Yeah. Oh yeah, now I'm looking forward to it. Nice. There we go. Look at that. From yeah. car from car to, to office, man. Look at that. International <laughs> well, like a superhero. <laughs> yeah. He's even got a collared shirt on for us, man. Look at that. You told me to show up right, so I had to come <laughs> correct, right. man. He said no slouching. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh, your background, man. Oh, man. How you got to where you're at. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I don't know where to start, man. Um, I'll I'll say it quick, right? Um, Currently, CPA by by certification in trade. (laughs) Work for um, one of the big four. Enjoying it. Definitely been experienced. I'm going backwards here. Worked for the government for about four years, doing the same thing, finance, accounting work. Definitely some interesting, enjoyed it. Uh, before that, I was a cop for seven years. Hmm. Now that's a, a different life, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah, that was down in Atlanta, right? Yes, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I was fortunate to run the streets when you still had Bankhead, Born Homes, all those crazy murder robbers. Definitely some, some scary and uh, interesting nights. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely before that I was in the Marine Corps infantry so did my uh, two two tours to overseas saw that stuff and you know before that I was in high school so. yeah 
That was in New Orleans, right? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised in New Orleans. Uh, then spent about seven years in Atlanta. Then past seven years been here in the D.C. area. So I can't complain. Been an interesting journey and a lot of experience along the way, man. Oh, yeah. Good. How's uh, how New Orleans been with uh, all the the shutdown and the pandemic? I haven't really heard much. Is it kind of like New York or L.A. where it's kind of going down the tubes, or has it been pretty good in terms of the economy? It's interesting, man. Economy-wise, it's been okay, right? Uh, haven't, it hasn't really been a big swing anyway. The biggest thing has been, and kind of you've seen out in Atlanta, some other cities, the crime has been just crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so they're kind of hoping that calms down. But as far as cases and everything, definitely had the big swing um, and lately it's been kind of going back to normal because I have a sister who's in healthcare, so she kind of gets me abreast of what's happening and, and things are taking place. But right yeah. now, we're just hoping the crime goes back down. Economy, it's a tourist economy, right? People love New Orleans, except for missing Mardi Gras. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I, what I heard is that the mayor or somebody said, come on down to Mardi Gras. We, you can't go to the bars and you can't have large meetings. But come on down to Mardi Gras. Yeah. We still love to have you. No parties, but come to Mardi Gras. It's like a toxic moron. Well, that's 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 like when they uh, when the government encouraged you watching the Super Bowl to no yelling, no cheering, just clap and stomp your feet. Right? It's like, come on, man. I mean, seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not happening. You know, we're going to go down for a family, right? All my buddies would come down, and then uh, they'd say, "Oh, bridge canceled." Yeah, no. So how, you, uh, I'll just jump in on one thing you talked about, being former military and former cop. Like, what are some of the things you saw? Like, what are some of the maybe, like, leadership lessons you learned? What were some of the, you know, with everything this past year with police brutality and sort of those narratives? Like, what was your perspective on that stuff? Yeah, uh, conflicted, right, uh, on, on many things, man. Um, and I'll, I'll just quickly, you know, from military before I touch on the cop stuff, I think that was probably the biggest or most I've learned as far as being a leader, and it's carried me, man, for my, to, to now, right? I had a master guns who said, "If you only get one family, but the Marine Corps will always be here, hmm. right? And that stuck with me, not just from a standpoint of then, but even now when you think about your family, your life and stuff of that nature, like your job, that company you work for, they're always going to be there, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's built to run without you, <laughs> unless yeah. you're a company. <laughs> um, uh, but but the people around you that either work for you, you work with, or you work for, um, you only get one chance with them. So I really pride myself on being trying to be connected with the people that that's around me, and not just work. Um, so leadership-wise, I probably that's the. That's the biggest thing, because in the, the day, we only have people around us, man. Right. That's it. <laughs> um, so that's probably some of the leadership. I say from the cop standpoint, it's, I've been conflicted, right? I'm still in contact with all my buddies from the police force. Um, we talk a lot. And it's tough because on one end, you have, right, you have the, the police brutality. You get some of the, the crazy issues that take place. And I, I know why you're... Um, upset, but then on the other end, 
you know, we've always said as a cop, like, you know, it's the bad cops are a small percentage, but it's making everybody look bad because that's what's in the media, yeah. right? And so that's why I'm always conflicted because I know some great guys, man, you know, that will open their house and home to you right now, cook dinner for you. Um, but then I know, you know, running across some people who are bad. So for me, I'm always in the middle when I try to look at each situation, how would I handle as a cop and is that even the right way? Um, and so that's why I've been so conflicted because it's tough, man. Yeah. So let, let, let me ask you something, Chuck. I mean, in, in regards to... Well, I mean, I, I can appreciate the you know the confliction, right? Because I think, again, most people, I think in general, most human beings are good. Most of them, right? right? But the, the the problem is, to your point, it's what is you know showcased and what is shown and what is you know glorified. And, and again, I think you know I'd be curious to get your thoughts on how much of that has to do with the media of today, right? Or cell phones, you know, social media, TikTok, whatever the heck it is. I feel that there's a thing now, and I don't know what to attribute it to or when it started, but most people would would rather show video of harm coming to someone, right? An, an old lady getting pushed or a guy getting sucker punched from behind and hitting the ground and being the first one to get that on their social media account and being the one to break the story versus being the person that says, throw the phone down and go help the person. Like, hey, let me, are you all right? All right? They'd rather... Right, and it's and I don't know why that 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 is the case. I don't know if it's because we're trying to be cool or we're just trying to get that like, right? Like no matter what it is, like, like, like. And I'd be curious to get your thoughts as to why does that happen and when the heck did that start happening? Right? Has it always been there and we just haven't seen it? Yeah. Oh man, that, that now nah, she's talking about conflicted. Now that's a question to answer, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it's hard, man. I think you know you guys have kids, right? And and no kids at the edge. It's it's something about it's it's hard to answer, man. It really is because I don't know when it changed, yeah. right? But. I definitely, I don't, I'm not bashing journalists. I have people no. who are journalists and all that, right? Um, but you did get a part of that where some everybody wants to be that newsbreaker or that, you know, I, I dropped this story, which may not even be a story if you just go out there and be a person and help. That's right. And yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I always see that people are, it's easier for them to be brave behind the phone. Right. Yeah. Like I can I can be brave here because I'm not really in it versus actually going and helping out that person or uh, like you said, stepping in to like rectify a situation. And it's almost like that passive aggressive help. Yeah. Well, but 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 that's the thing, man, is is it's and again, you know, like like you talk about leadership, right? And you talk about how that that was ingrained in you in the military, right? And and again, both of you guys serve in the military. I'm not somebody that lives life with regrets. The only regret I have is that I never went in the military, right? Because in my mind, I was going to be playing professional football and professional baseball. I'll let you guys in on a secret, neither of which happened, right? <laughs> but but it's one of those things <laughs> where... We're going to be Defenders, you were going to duel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to be Bo Jackson, man. Like, you know, that was me. Yeah. But, 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 but I say that because, like, where... 
you know, where, where leadership is, you know, obviously military is leadership. Like it's discipline. It's, you know, you, you're, it's ingrained in you. And, and like you said, you carry that for a lifetime. Right. But, but why, why is there such a stark difference in leadership in the military, right? Good, bad, and different doesn't matter. But then how much of that crossed over into your life as a police officer? And then how much of that, you know, similarity crosses over to the general population, Right. And there just there seems to be like it's almost like a like a hierarchy, like, OK, the military expects this. And why do most people not go in the military? Oh, man, I can't I, I don't have the discipline. I'm not that that disciplined to do this or do that. OK, well, isn't that kind of like an oxymoron? Like it's because that's the problem we have in the general population is there's a lack of respect. There's a lack of authority. There's a lack of appreciation. There's a lack of gratitude where in the military you don't have a choice. You will respect me, right? It's it's a it's a it's a automatic. So maybe the general population needs to incorporate, I don't know, some of that tough love, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, it's amazing to see. I mean, I remember in my basic training, I'm sure you saw it in your basic training, like the the way people came in. I think ours was six weeks, but the guys that came in, I mean, wearing a mohawk, you know, thinking they were just God's gift to the planet, and then you get beat down. To the place of like you're a nobody you know being treated like dirt and then they slowly during the course of that base training will build you up and you come out a different person because i think a lot of once that ego is kind of you know once your ego's lesson and you realize that you're part of a team and this is bigger than you and this is life or death like you could be deploying to a rock next month and then it's like you have to lead you either lead or you're going to die and your team's going to die so like it's it's real. It's not just you know, TikTok insanity or you know the kids these days with all their like social media. It's like if maybe if you don't need to learn it, you just never. Just not human nature to like seek that out or something. Yeah, no man. I I think you guys hit on two huge points, and I'm just bringing them up right because I I, I did diligently talk to my daughter about this right the 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 lure of social media and all this stuff, right? Um, yes, it's nice, it's fun, but it's made it's meant to make you addictive, right? Because the average human, in my opinion, right, um, they don't want to have values. They don't want to have their own, I'm not saying values, their own set that matter, right? They don't want to have their own goals and visions. Mm. And so, in my opinion, right, it's that's what's leading us down a bad path. Because it's easier for me to wish and look on the phone and show that versus being the person that stands up because, you know, you see somebody not being treated right. It's harder. It's easier for me to show it on a camera or wish I was that person and tag them in what they call the shaming. Yeah. yeah. Then it is to say, hey, don't do that. That's not right. She's a lady or that's an elderly person or that's a kid, you know. And it's always interesting. People are like, say, they're brave behind the phone, but... They're not brave when it comes to it. And that's one of the things I always try to stress to my daughter, you know, when it comes to her friends and everybody. It's like, hey, stand up and treat them like you want to be treated. Have your own values in life. Don't have your friends' values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are good points, though, right? Because, yeah. and again, I mean, you know, just to tie that to, you know, Nate, I mean, you talk about ego, right? We talk about ego a lot on this show because it's it's everywhere everywhere you go everybody's got an ego and everybody's just you know i'm the smartest guy i'm the you know i'm the strongest guy i'm the best looking guy it's always i'm the best i'm the best i'm the best 
and those are all just insecurities being projected out there. But I think the other thing is, you talk about the military and this, it's real life. And then to tie it into your point, Chuck, dude, anybody can be a tough guy right. over email or over social media or over a phone, right? It's, it's because you know there's no consequence, right? You can't get slapped or punched through a screen, right? And chances <laughs> are, you don't even know where I live. You don't even know if I'm real. I might be a bot, right? But it's but it, it, it takes... It takes balls to be the person that, you know, I don't care if you're a small person, look big person, it doesn't matter. It takes balls to confront somebody, you know, and call them out, right? Especially right. in today's world where, you know, it's, it's hard to tell what's true and what's not. It's hard, man, because if, if everything you consume is the news, the radio, social media, and you're told this is what the perfect, I mean, we'll talk about daughters. We all have daughters. Right. Mm -hmm. This is what a female should look like. Their skin's got to be this color. Their hair's got to be this long. Their yeah. eyes got to be this. It's got to be that. It's they got to be this tall and this skinny. They got to wear it. And it's like, whoa, like, hold on. First off, maybe that doesn't work for everybody. Right. right? But it's but who who determines that? And, and, and again, it's it's not a there's no one standing up there saying, I mean, we talked about last last week, we talked about the uh, thousand pound life. Right. Yeah. There's no one saying like, hey, no, it's not OK that you let yourself get that out of shape or that unhealthy or whatever it is. Instead, it's the it's the opposite narrative. Who is deciding what is acceptable and what is not? And that's I, I think you hit on it. Like the, the lines are so blurred right now. Oh. Like what is good? What is evil? Right. The, the fact that it's, you know, I mean, look, I was 275, so I was a bigger fellow. Right. But like. So I can talk like a fatter guy, right? Not anymore, though, damn it. But, but you sit there and you think to yourself, who's at play of that? Like, who is, who's the one behind the scenes that is encouraging people to stop fat shaming? You know, it, you don't, don't pick on people. Don't do this. Don't try to get them to be better. Or if they try to get better, pull them down because it's okay to fail. It's okay this. It's okay that. Is there, is there some bigger thing at play, right? Is it... Is it the pharmaceutical companies? Is it, you know, medicine that's saying, hey, you know what? The more people that we lock down and make stay in their house for a year, the more depression pops up, the more marriages come across, so the, the attorneys are, are employed, the more, you know, health issues they have, blood pressure, cholesterol, cancer, and it's, right. it's spend, 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 medication, medication, medication. And, and I don't know if that's the case, but at some point, we, right, common sense people that can sit there and we could probably have a good argument or disagreement over something and still go, man, you know what? I agree with what Chuck's saying and you may agree with what I'm saying. And we go, damn, we completely changed our point of view. But at some point, those people like us need to step up and say, enough, e enough yeah. of this crap, man. Because actually, Frisella, I don't know if you listened to uh, the, his democracy podcast from the other day dude that's what it's all about it's 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 exactly about that it's basically saying all right eventually you got to say enough is enough because people like us professionals husbands fathers we don't want to be disrespectful to people we don't want to come out and offend people and insult people but at some point in time good must triumph over evil it it must Right, and if that makes you unpopular, then it makes you unpopular. Whatever, I'm sorry, I'm unpopular, but yeah. for I the, think it, yeah, you have to at some point. Yeah, to the fact that we don't want to offend people, right? 
But at the end of the day, the truth will offend. The yep. truth is offend. And at some point, you just have to speak the truth. And like, you're not gonna you're not gonna be on your deathbed at the end of your life thinking like, man, I wish I hadn't spoken the truth quite as much, or you know, those people hadn't been offended. <laughs> you know. But you know, one thing one thing um, I wanted to talk about that will also transition into another topic is on social media, I feel like my kids also get this false narrative of like, there are overnight successes, right? And well, there are maybe a handful of people who post one thing and it goes viral. Like the other day I had this conversation with the kids where they were saying some, some guy who's like one of the top guys on YouTube or Instagram or something, they were like, Oh, he's an idiot. Like, can't stand him and I was like wait who is this kid and what did he do they're like oh he just does these stupid things and I'm like first of all he's got let's say 50 million followers so he's not an idiot right right no matter if you guys think like this is Malcolm Gladwell's like outliers you put in the time you put in the 10,000 hours to be an expert in something I said I guarantee you his story is not overnight success yeah but we found a podcast where he was telling his story and he was just some kid in Canada in some small town that decided he wanted to do more with his life. And he started posting like four hours every evening. He started like developing his own content when he was a nobody. So I said, you guys think this narrative, it's not true. Whether it's this kid on social media, he he put in the work, he, he perfected his craft. And now he's paying, it pays off with, he's one of the biggest influencers. But I said, it's not true. It's it wasn't true with like Kobe Bryant, just you know, the most Jordan. Like, yeah, they had talent, but they put in the work. Same, it's it's the same thing everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I got a question for you guys. How about this? How about uh, let, let's th- think about this in the context of this is nothing new. We just see more of it because of social media, right? One hundred percent. What one hundred percent agree? Dude, it's 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 like the days like I mean again, you know, my parents got divorced when I was little, right? And you know, when I moved to Virginia, I would take the train by myself to Virginia or sorry, to New Jersey, you know, whenever I went to see my father. And I know my my nana every time would tell me before I left, "Don't get kidnapped. Don't get kidnapped." And I'm like, <laughs> "Kidnapped? What are you talking about?" And and right. every time it was because she heard one story about a child that was, you know, 12 years old that was kidnapped in Spain and found in France, right? And that was, we're talking 30-some years ago, right? And it stuck because every year that I came, it was, don't get kidnapped, don't get kidnapped. Like, so it was in my head, like, man, I'm going to get kidnapped. Like, this is crazy, right? But now, it's the same thing. The difference is, if a kid gets kidnapped or, you know, and the suspect was driving a white van in, you know, Germany... All right, honey, get the kids in the house. Get the, everybody in the basement. Like, there was a kid that, that was kidnapped 7,000 miles away. we got to be really, really careful, right? Or a suicide bomber goes off in, you know, Fallujah. Whoa, 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 guys. we got to, hey, watch that guy. Watch that backpack. Watch it. It's like, all right, guys, like, let's take a deep breath. And I think you're right, man. It is, it is everywhere, right? And it, it probably started with a 24-7 news cycle. Right? Remember when yeah. CNN was like the big deal or headline news? And now, granted, or Sports Center even. Remember Sports Center? It was a 15 to 20 minute segment that ran 100 times a day, right? So right. you'd watch it every time, too. You know darn right. well you did. Even though it was the same story 
30 times in a day, right? Like, but now it's, everything is a 24 hour news site. Everything. There's, I mean, what do you do when you wake up? Pick up the phone, check, oh man, check, whoa, oh wow, that's crazy. Nothing right. happened. Nothing that's yeah. going to make you a better right. person. Yeah. And people want to be part of, like, the sheep analogy, right? You want to be part of the herd. And so the comments, when you start to see something posted and every comment is, like, on the same mindset or the same line of thinking, then everybody just starts to go to that place, you know? And so you – and that's what my kids will always say to me, like, oh, everyone on TikTok is saying this. I'm like, I'm like what, what? Why would everybody – not everybody? Why do you say everybody? It's like what you're seeing – is a very you know it's just yeah maybe thousands of people but that's not everybody right so so what what about this now now you guys got me thinking here what about we're talking about the news cycle and and look the old saying no news is good news right i mean our grandparents said that and their parents said that before them i mean no news is good news right it is a it is a fact but if if the news right if it if it bleeds Right, people read it. If it's murder, if it's rape, whatever it is, people. Oh man, that that's crazy. Did you hear that story? Oh, I saw that too. Do you see that guy got hit? Man, I saw it too. Right, everybody wants to be like jazzed up. But if if bad news sells and therefore good news doesn't sell, right? Because nobody wants to hear it. Why is it that almost every movie that's out there, the good guy always wins? Right. I mean, you can't think of very many movies where the bad guy or the villain wins. Right. So if if that's the case then why doesn't that happen in, in news or real life? Like, why don't we celebrate when, I mean, heck, even in school, you get straight A's, you're made fun of. You're a nerd. You're a dork. You're this. It's like, huh? You know, you drive a Ferrari. Oh, that guy, that guy's a piece of crap. He probably thinks right. he's better than me. What? Like, wh- wh- why is winning or being good equated as you're a loser and you're a, you're an a-hole? Why is that? Like, rhetorical question, but... What, my quick opinion, uh, we're soft. All right. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, and, and that's that's probably a simple answer, but uh, I had people got mad at me a while back. They were like, oh, how come, you know, uh, I'm like, don't get me wrong. I am, anybody kills themselves suicide, I am definitely like, hey, I'm going to, you know, get that person help 110%. Um but, you know, they're like, why do we have more? I'm not talking about the veterans. That's a whole different, yep. you know, not talking people. That's, I'm just talking about your basic everyday person. And just my opinion is like, we've, we've got grown soft, right? If you think about, I mean, just when I grew up, right? I'm only 37, but, you know, I had the opportunity to go hunting and really let that early adult male out, right? Yep. Somewhere. But now when you don't have those outlets, right? Because everybody's a winner because... You know, oh, no, guns are bad for you. Don't take them shooting because, oh, don't do the martial arts or, you know, you're not let, you know, I'm not, I'm just using men as a general because I'm a man, um, express or be themselves to explore, right, but have a good mental male role model or somebody to kind of keep them in line. Yep. I think you get more of a softer generation, right? And to me, the softer generation, you're, you're seeing. And it's coming out in many facets, right? Many facets. Suicide is one of them, but... You know, just from like, you know, women are not being treated like they used to, yep. right? Or um, incident where they, God may put hands on a woman that's 12 year old. You know, just so many different things that are happening, in my opinion, that get your bed. Get your bed, lay down. Era, you didn't have. Lay down. Right? During Get your bed. The midnight, you didn't have because 
you're allowing men to be men and women to be women, not in a gender specific, but they was able to express themselves and kind of get a lot of stuff that we kind of repress in my opinion today. Yeah. So any man that's doing manly things, it's very frowned upon. It's toxic masculinity, right? But really that's what men need. And that's what young boys need in adolescence. And like, they need to do those things that like, that's the way they were created. But it's, it's, it's a, it's a bigger, I mean, it's a huge, huge problem. I mean, it is a huge problem, right? Because again, I mean, I'll be unpopular too, right? I mean, think back to growing up, right? We all grew up with, there were all different kinds of people, right? Right. Diversity was actually a cool thing. Like it was celebrated. We were told, hey, celebrate your diversity, be your own person, do your thing, right? Somewhere along the line, that got all out of whack and it's like all right hey celebrate diversity but if you disagree with me then you're bad and it's like wait what hold on i thought we were all kind of like celebrating cultures celebrating this celebrating that but it's it's also like the think of the the typical freak right i mean you know well everybody has their own definition of what a freak would be right (laughs) i know what a freak is right trench coat mafia whatever it is right but it's, it, it's that narrative of if I can't be the best looking guy, if I can't be the prettiest girl, if I can't be the best athlete, if I can't be like the best, right, which whatever the best is, then I'm going to go and do the polar opposite because now I'm going to turn that into being cool. Like it's cool to hate my parents and, you know, worship the devil and all this crap. And it's like that becomes almost like the acceptable norm to where now, I mean, look, I watch some of these high school football teams around here now and and you can pick out the athletes, but most of them I'm like, huh? Like it's like the smallest, scrawniest guys and all the big dudes are all there. They want to be thugs. They want to be, you know, tough guys. And it's, it's, it's all because of this confusion, right? There is a mass confusion right now. And you see it in life, right? Like if if you don't, if you're indecisive, right? If you don't have that ability to make a decision and just go, you can't accomplish anything, right? So like in work, if you know I've got two things that have to get done, uh, make a decision and go, man. Or yeah. you're in war. You have two seconds to make a decision. And it is the difference of life or death. If you, uh, I don't want to, I don't really want to hurt him. I don't want, you're, you're gone. Yeah. And that's the thing is people have lost the ability to make a decision because they're afraid that, well, if I stand up for what we all know is right and good, I'm going to be canceled. I'm going to be this. Now I'll never be canceled because I'm a, I'm a fucking nobody. So you can go ahead and cancel me. But the, the point is, when you sit there and ex- extinguish someone else's opinion just because you or a group of people don't agree with it, that that is very dangerous, man. That's that's why guys like you went to war. That's why, you know, you know, our parents' generation were in Vietnam. That's why we had World War II. That's why all these wars happen is to prevent that from becoming a worldwide, you know, phenomenon. But that's right. that's the slope that we're going down right now where People are afraid to do what's right. They're afraid. Because what if I get judged? Oh, what if this? What if that? And it's like, oh my God, guys, like, 
but who's leading that charge? Right. Right. I mean, so you have you have one daughter. Do you have any other kids? No, no. That's that's just you have the one daughter. So uh, ha, has has a boy ever laid his hands on your daughter? They tried. They tried. <laughs> okay. And and, and and here's the thing yeah. is. Because the other the other excuse would be, oh well, he doesn't have a father or he doesn't have a figure. Oh. There's there's excuses, there's crutches. Right. And to that that again, that's the problem, right? It's there's no consequences for your actions, no consequences, right? You get a oh, little yeah. slap on the wrist or you do something, you get busted with marijuana. Oh, you're going to jail, huh? Right. It's hold on, man. Oh, like yes. Like like the 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 punishment has to fit the crime. Right, and when you constantly make excuses for people, and usually it's yourself, right? You make excuses for yourself, but you're constantly enabled, and you never learn that the stove is hot. You never learn that yes, guns used improperly they're dangerous, but if they're used properly, just like anything else, just like a screwdriver, a hammer, a saw, they can all be dangerous too. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. Drives me nuts. I'm on board. Especially, like I tell you, when my daughter was in middle school, uh, they had, this is when that thing happened in Florida, big shooting, right? Those kids got killed. And, uh, you know, she she said, oh, dad, you know, I want to, I want can I participate in the march tomorrow? Right? And I'm like, okay, what march? Oh, it's for, you know, gun violence. And I was like, why? And, you know, she's like, let me, I'm like, why, why do you want to march for what? Well, you know, because gun violence. And, you know, I just had one statement. I think I told her, it was like, a gun never killed anyone. Mm-hmm. Right, I said. So let's let's break apart the weapon from the person. And if you want to march for mental health, you want to. I'm I am, yeah. you know. But let's talk about what you know that march is about and all that. I said you want to march is on you, but let's let's have let you have your own idea of why you're marching, right? Because I'm with you guys, right? Uh, I don't know evolution, right? Herd mentality. That's how you stay safe. But I think in the days, especially nowadays, right? If you know, you guys talked about ego. You guys talked about knowing yourself. If you don't have that, then yeah, you're in bad shape. Yeah, I mean, that's what's it's funny. Like when you have that self confidence and that self respect, try to cancel me. Mm-hmm. Possible, because guess what? I don't care. That's it. Yeah, people they care a lot. If you're a celebrity and you know that that's that's your life, then you, you get canceled. That's like, wait, what? And then it's like suicide because I just can't handle that. But once you understand who you are, you have your identity, you have your self confidence, your self worth. Try to cancel me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. No. I, I got a question for you guys. All right. Three grown men here. I feel like there's tons of ego and self esteem on this on this oh, yeah. video chat right now. Right. So for, for you guys, what was that one thing that helped solidify and really grow that in you? Like, okay, this is me. I'm going to be that. I mean, this is who I am, right? Your self-esteem or ego part. What, what do you guys would think that was for you? I mean, I think for most people, and you know, myself included, is kind of like you have to hit rock bottom in order to change, right? So there were things that happened in my life that I, you know, you just say, hey, it can't continue. <laughs> and so I think those certain things when you make those changes whatever it is whatever your problems are maybe you're an alcoholic maybe you're doing drugs grant cardone talked about that mm-hmm. like you know if you're whatever it is your problem eventually it's going to lead you to a place where you know you just 
you can't see your life going down that path anymore. And so that's when you start to change. That's when your behaviors change. You know, that's a great, you got me thinking. I think it's about identity because before you become to that identity of like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a real man. I'm a warrior. Um, you know, then the behaviors start to conform to that identity of, you know, I'm a warrior. If, if that's what it is, you know, whatever yeah. it is, but, uh, that, yeah, that's just a few thoughts for me. I, I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to agree. I mean, I think, I don't know, like for me, it's kind of a double edged sword, right? Because I think the, the moment that I started realizing like, so my, my, my goal in life, right. My like whole, you know, ethos of operating every day is I want to positively impact as many people as I possibly can, right? So someone say change the world, right? Now, do I think I changed the world? Maybe not, but I, I know I will change the world of the people that I at least come into contact with, right? So, you know, kind of like you said earlier, Chuck, I mean, everybody you meet, right? You have a, a limited amount of time with them, right? Maybe that limited amount of time is, maybe it's 60 years, right? Maybe it's two minutes. Maybe this is the only time that the three of us are ever together, right? So. So get the most out of it and leave an impression and leave, leave more than you took, right? You know, leave it for them. But I think that in order to get to that, for me, it's, you know, it's like the airplane, right? Airplane's going down. What do all those videos tell you? Secure your mask first before you start trying to save other people. So, you know, I probably, I mean, I was probably 30, I mean, I'm 42, almost 43. I was probably 35, maybe 36, right around the time that I met Nate when... I had this like almost like an oh shit moment where it was like, dude, I'm trying so hard to help all these other people, but I'm not looking inside to shore up all my dark sides, right? Like all the right, all the things that think the demons inside of you, right? Just along your lines, Nate. All the demons, all the things that you did wrong that either you never you never owned up to, right? You never said, Hey, you know what? I gotta hold myself accountable. If I'm gonna hold you accountable, I gotta look in the mirror and hold myself accountable. But it's, yeah. it's until you can embrace that, the, the absolute worst, deepest, darkest part of you, you will never be able to help anybody else truly, right? And, and, and I think that's a, dude, that's a big moment when you hit that and you're like, damn, man. Like, like I think of books, right? I'm a big reader now. I hated reading my whole life. Hated it, man. <laughs> hated it. But I look at all the books that were given to me by, you know, bosses or leaders 15, 20 years ago, man, I'd pick it up. I'd read like a page. I'm like, this is stupid. And now I like read those books for the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth time, or I bought those books for five or six people. And I'm like, hey, do me a favor. You don't have to read it, but don't sit on it like my lazy ass did for 12 years before you picked it up and read it. Right? So it's, it's, it's really accountability, man. It's just, it's, it's opening up to yourself and going, damn, like, I got a lot of shit that I need to work on, right? There's a lot of things you think you're good at, right? Ego-wise. But until yeah. you can kind of turn that spotlight, and I think that's a fault that we all have. We look outside, right? Yes. If 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 I'm not where I want to be, it's it's your fault, man. That, that's right. not fair. You got the promotion, I didn't. You got the girl, I didn't. It's your fault. Yeah. Really? No, dude. It's it's yeah. it's my fault. Like right. Something to be said when guys hit like late 30s early 40s where life just gets more serious like yep. for me it's like you start to think about your funeral you know like as morbid as that sounds but like if you keep picking doing the things you're doing 
Like, where is that going to lead you to when you're on your deathbed? Like, you don't want to be that person that says, you know, God bless me with all this potential and I only use like 10% of it. You know, like you only get, you only get this. So you really want to just like, you got to just focus every day. And that's what Priscilla says is like, win the day. And that's how you're going to win at life. But yeah. Dude, it's, it's, uh, it's funny. I know Chuck's got to get a charger. Um, it's, it's amazing how total strangers, right? For Sella, right? I mean, so again, we talk about social media and how, how there's so many negative aspects of it, but then you got to look at just like with police, there are so many good cops. The vast majority of cops are great people, but there are bad cops, right? The majority of people are good people, but there are bad people. The majority of social media is crap and garbage, but there is a good value to use it, yeah. right? And I think that's you know, what you got to find. It's the good think, and everything. When I think, yeah, when I think of cops too, it's like the good ones. Not only are they good, but they're doing they're they're doing every day that most people don't do or not willing to do. So the good ones should be celebrated, and the fact that you know so many have been kind of shamed and put in this, you know, this big overarching batch of like bad guys it's like no like military police like these firefighters like these are the guys that ran in on 9-11 well everybody yep. else was running out so yeah yeah, yeah i had a um, i'll tell you guys a quick story i was i was a cop i remember the almost like it was yesterday right um the people call police we get out there right young lady uh we see the guy We'll put him in handcuffs. He, he, you know, we, we start to bring him off the, the property. And the lady turned to me and she was like, why do you guys keep letting people come, right, get out of jail? I was like, you know, um, no offense, a cop is only as good as the people that they serve. She was like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I didn't see what he did. You told me. So are you going to show up to court? She said, no. I said, well, he'll be back out tomorrow. I said, because you got to remember, my job, mm. I'm here to protect and serve, but I only know when there's an issue when you call me. So most time I never saw the crime. I never saw anything happen, you know? And, you know, I think it's, you know, that was one of those sad things where, you know, some people just misunderstand how cops work and what, what the goal is and what the job is, even like the military, right? You know, it's to protect and defend the U.S. from whatever's happening, you know, overseas and not the national guard. I'm talking about the bigger yeah. look yeah. at it or whatever. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's always interesting when you hear people's perception or viewpoints on just those simple topics. And you're like, you know, cause I remember I had a, another friend who was a doctor. She was like, the police are never on time. I said, you're a doctor, right? She's like, yeah, yeah. You know, well, she's a PA. And, uh, I said, well, how do you know when somebody's sick? She's like, when they tell me, I said, well, the same thing with a cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there are situations too where you show up somewhere, you don't know what's going on. Like your adrenaline is already at a place that's not normal. Yeah. And so your behavior might not be the most normal. Yeah. Like you might not do the most reasonable thing, but that's not that like that's physiology. Right. Like if you're expecting that this person you're about to encounter is gonna be violent towards you, your adrenaline's in a place where you may not like and that's why I kind of feel for cops that or get the labeled as aggressive. It's like, well, what do you expect? Like, these are dangerous situations. Well, well, especially, especially now. Obviously, there's always those bad apples. There's the crazy cop who killed George Floyd. Like, those guys just, 
you know, you got to get rid of them. There's no excuse right. for that. But 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 those are the guys that become cops, right? And you and you you can always tell. You're like, let me guess, you're a cop, like right? Because it's a control thing. Because they were picked on their whole life, right? And maybe I'm just talking about little Italian guys in Jersey, right? But like, it's. <laughs> It's it's that ego thing. It's oh now now I'm the boss now I'm the big man. And it's like dude, shut up. But you see that in sports, right? I mean like, yeah. like I think back to you know high school and college and you know football, baseball, whatever it was. The guys that were just total a holes, like the seniors that were a holes to the freshmen or the people that never played football, they were the guys that never played. Like they were fifth, sixth string, right? And right. then and then you know the starters like we walk over and be like, hey dude, what the hell's your problem, man? Like. Like yeah, you're on the team with us, but you're not. You're not one of us, man. It doesn't give you this like, oh, you're you're anointed like this holy high thing where you can go pick on other people. You're right. you're still a tool. Like I mean, honestly, like you don't you don't have that ability to go pick on other people just because you wear the uniform, right? And I think that's what gets misunderstood. But I'll tell you, the, the stuff I see with cops now, I mean, just like blatant attacks. I mean, it's it's domestic terrorism. And nobody wants to call it that, but that's what it is. When you right. have a police officer sitting there drinking a cup of coffee in a car and somebody shoots him in the head cold-blooded and and people aren't outraged, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. And, you know, like my son, you know, I got a 10-year-old. All he wants to do is join the military and become a cop. And I'll be honest, there's the part of me. I'm like, man, I don't like. I mean, three years ago, I'm like, oh, heck yeah, buddy, that's a that's a respectable job. But I'm like, man, I don't know, I don't know about that. Unless I'm with you, like strapped all the time, <laughs> watching your back, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I tell you, and that it, honestly, I'm gonna circle this back to what we said a little while ago. With it's getting soft, right? When I I'm not saying I went to the best. I went to the police academy in 2006, right? Uh, we had to do hand to hand boxing. I remember, and it took out so many people. You know, I talked to my buddies today, and it's like, dude, it's not like boot camp anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's like college. You know, it's all like, you know, classroom-oriented lectures, and that's how you become a cop. And I'm like, but guess what? Yeah, you may have learned criminal law and, and how to read, but it's different when, um, especially when I was out there some time, you may be one person controlling at the care house with 10 people. Guess what? That criminal law doesn't help you. <laughs> yeah. What, are you going to hold up your diploma? I mean... <laughs> yeah, you know, and and that's what it thinks, man. You got to get crushed in the fucking mouth before it happens. Yeah. You know, um, but but it's funny you talk about you talk about softness, right? I mean, I I look at everybody as like paper dolls, right? I mean, I always I I always think that, man. I mean, especially I mean, Nate, you see this more too, like with boys, like the girls I get, right? Girls are just girls are mean, dude. Like I never had any idea how just nasty and ruthless, like it is. The straight, dude, like straight to the jugular. They go, you're fat, man. But 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 the boys now, guys. I mean, the boys, like they get in they get in an argument, right? I mean, my son punched a kid the other day because the kid keeps like messing with him, right? And he finally punched him. I'm like, good job. But the problem is the parents get involved. Now it's one thing if like if a mom, you know, a nagging mom wants to come over, like your son, oh, that's fine, right? Like, hey, no problem. But Dude, there are dads that are coming over now that are like, go ahead, tell, tell them what, what you want to say. And, you know, I'm like, what's up, buddy? And the kid's like, like crying. I'm like, what, buddy? He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, for what? And then he's like, tell him. And it's like something that happened like two weeks earlier that he said to my son. And I'm like, hey, it's, 
it's okay, man. Like, and then they leave and I go right to my wife. I'm like, I want to punch that guy right in the face for humiliating. I mean, he basically just like bitchified his 10 year old son for what? Like for what purpose? I I feel so bad for the kid because yeah, why? And and it was like, it was because he, he like called my son a name two, two weeks ago. I had no idea because my son's not coming to me going, hey, dad, he called me a meanie. Like, oh, no. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. and again, I mean, we're all kind of the same age, but back when back when we were kids, I mean, I probably got in 100 fist fights. Oh, man. And it was always with my best buddies. Yeah. Right? They'd be like, your mom, your mom's fat. <laughs> right? And then the next time, like two days later, you see each other, like, hey, what's going on, man? And then if they wouldn't fight me, We'd put the gloves on, like take it to the ring, and the ring was. Right. We got our boxing gloves. We went out in the front yard and we fought because you wouldn't fight one on one. We would at least box. But nowadays, God forbid you did that because you'd be in jail. Oh man, it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. no one ever got hurt. No parents well, ever got involved. Is it the difference between Jersey and Northern Virginia? Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Jersey, you grow up fast. <laughs> I tell, man, I, I, we, we, you know, things will happen with, again, fifth grade boy, second grade boy, and, and things will happen, and, you know, my wife would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did this, and I'm like, let me tell you what I was doing in fifth grade. She's like, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear it, but yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, you probably don't. <laughs> yeah. Different world, uh, man, different world, hey, different hey, times. One thing I want to touch on, since we got Chuck here and his accounting experience, um, I want to get his opinion on like some finance stuff, like some of his advice he gives like for tax season. I'm also curious, like I just sold my house in Northern Virginia, moved down to Texas, got a little money in the bank. Like what, what are you a proponent of investing in? Like, is it real estate? Is it mutual funds? Like give us some, give us some advice for if we want to get some. Man, I'll tell you, um, I have a couple of, you know, guys that help out on the side and everything. Um, for one, you know, it's your temperament, right? What would you like? Uh, I'm a proponent. I do investing in a lot of different real estate projects, you know, whether it's multifamily or stuff of that nature. That's one of my favorites because it's passive for me. So I'm a passive investor. You know, I put the money in there and it comes in. I can still go do my day job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I always say, what's your temperament for risk, right? And then also, and how active do you want to be in it? You know, I have buddies who do a lot of day trading. And I mean, they love it, but they realize they're glued to their screen, you know, eight, 10 hours a day with it. Um, so I, I say for the average person, if you're, if you just wanted to let it sit right and grow s- slowly, you know, do, do some nice, uh, no low mutual funds that match the index 500 or the S and P uh, 500. Those are always my go-tos for anybody. My mom, I put her in those, right? with some money if you're more of a hey i want to grow some wealth uh, but still not work as much then you know that's when i move over to what i invest in which is that multi-family mm-hmm. yeah right, you got some i always say find somebody you like right that you trust and go with them personal or you know national level some kind of syndication has a good ratio of return for you um and then you know if you just one of those people like hey when it comes to taxes stuff that nature and i always there's no Look at different strategies. Get you a good strategist when it comes to your taxes. Even somebody you can talk through about it. 
you know, hey, look, you know, if I start this business or I got these investments, what's the best way to structure so that I maximize, uh, you know, my return, whether whether it's having to pay or get money back? Because that's yeah. the same thing I do right now. I'm going through um, a I'm helping a guy consolidate three companies so they can buy some real estate. Right. Because he wants to buy the warehouse his company's in this for sale. So we're going through a restructuring to put all three of the separate companies under one as an LLC, um, as an S-Corp to save money. And then yeah. you S-Corp. And then we actually had another investor that we created another company to buy the real estate and is going to lease it. So he has 50% in the real estate, 100% in this company. So we're doing like restructuring deals that way to maximize tax breaks and stuff of that nature. So you know, I always tell people, like, what's your temperament? Definitely. Right. And then do you want this to be a long term or do you want money now? Um, and how active do you want to be into that investment? You know, I'm partial to real estate, don't because I like to see my money come even when I retire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, in today's society, too, I bet most people that you talk to are saying, I want the money now mm-hmm. versus 10 years from now. Right. Where I would advise, hey, you know, you got to be thinking bigger than that. Yeah, just Grant Cardone talked about an undercover billionaire. Like he's like, you can't. It's not just about the paycheck. You got to be about you know what's the long term play, and you know I I love that show. I know we've talked about that, but so many good lessons in just how to make money from basically nothing. Um, so yeah, no, that was good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I'm I'm heavy in. I think I'm invested in a couple apartment complexes right now. With some bigger syndicators, you know, and I get my monthly checks. Yeah. And I keep going, you know, um, and then they refi and they sell it and I buy right back into it. But it's passive income I don't have to worry about. And I trust the guys I'm with. So, yeah. Um, Dude, I, I heard about something the other day from a buddy who said he knew, a, he knows a guy who just took out like a $100,000 loan and put it in a mutual fund that was uh, getting like 15%. And he's only paying like 5% on the loan. I was like, well, yeah, that that makes sense. Why hadn't I thought of that? <laughs> like, is that is that something that people do? Because yeah, you're ten percent. Yeah, you know, you definitely. It's, you know, I think for me, I have to. I'm a numbers person, right? So yeah. I'd be like, okay, is that ten percent one year? Is that a year over year, or is that how's that return look? Yeah, well, that's one thing. And two, one thing, you know, if you notice, I said no low mutual funds. Because a lot of times people get these mutual funds and they're what they call active trading. And so people are actually there every day and you don't realize those fees add up if somebody's trading every day. So you may be getting a 10% return, but then they may have another, uh, you know, couple percent in fees and on top of the admin fee that goes with it. So, you know, that's why I'm always looking. Let's really look at that because if you think about it, 10% return, 5% is, you know, the interest, uh, not interest, but the interest on the loan. So really down to 5%, right? Inflation yeah. is about 2 or 3% a year. So let's say you're at 25 and then taxes are going to be another 2 or 3%. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, you, you back down to zero or negative in some Break cases, even, depending yeah. on your tax rate. <laughs> yeah. Who, who's, who do you follow in terms of content or like that you see as sort of that mentor or maybe some books you've read on the topic that you just, you always recommend to people? Oh man, there's there's so much out there. Um, if, if we're just talking about man, I, I I may have to get back with you guys on that and pull some stuff up. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm fortunate because I'm a, you know, kind of CPA by trade. Uh, I kind of live this life. <laughs> yeah. Comes naturally. Yeah, you know, right? yeah. yeah, and I did taxes for like 12 years. So I've seen a lot of different scenarios. And I had one of my clients fire their financial advisor. <laughs> you know, because my comment was just what I told you guys, right? They're like, oh, I'm getting, you know, 6% return every year. I said, and you're paying them for this? It's just like, yeah. I'm like, well, you need to fire them because I can get you 12. Here's my bank statement. <laughs> and it's a passive investment, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, I- I'll get back with you guys on that. We'll yeah. bring up some yeah. books next time around that yeah. I feel are solid, depending on what you're trying to do. Uh, I didn't even think about that one. But yeah. No. So, um, I know, Mike, you haven't seen the show, but I just want to touch on Undercover Billionaire because I think go. it's such a huge, I, I just love, I love it, man. It's, it's got to be one of the best shows out there right now. The premise is you drop, like, Grant Cardone, he's in this season now, and, uh, I mean, he's a real estate mogul, private jet, billionaire, I think he's probably a billionaire status at this point. Give him 100 bucks, drop him into Pueblo, Colorado, place that's just, like, nowhere, like, you know, the economy's in the garbage and tell him he needs to build a million dollar business in 90 days with nothing, hundred bucks in like an old crappy truck. And it just goes to show that this whole like mindset of people that say, Oh, well you got to need money to make money. It's like, no man, you need, it's, it's about you. It's about the person you are. It's about adding value to others. And that's when the money will flow. So it's just, it's just a great, like everybody should watch it. It just shows that, it, you know, anything's possible if you just really want it and you really hustle. What what channel is it on, you know? I think it's Discovery. Right. Yeah, I, def, I, def, I, mean, I love Uncle G, so. Yeah. It, it's classic, man. Classic Grant Cardone. Yeah. Um, honestly, man, I, I should have brought my notes on here from season one. Uh, Glenn Stearns was dropping gems. I mean. Hmm every single episode as well you know how to like diversify your skill set you know how to leverage um you know he did this one thing it was the irish day he was over in um what's it ohio i forgot the exact city he was in on season one you know but you know it was was, um the irish day and so he went to walmart the day of bought everything half off you know he might have spent like 60 bucks and turned to 250 bucks right cash and i'm estimating here but he was able to double his money because, you know, he was just showing how, you know, I think his business got to 750 in 90 days. He started a barbecue business. But it was real interesting, right? And I recommend that show to anybody. I make my wife sit down. She's mm-hmm. watching Grant now. And she was like, that's so great. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, there's so, there's, like you say, so many gems that it's just billionaires just think differently mm-hmm. than everybody most people in the u.s but if you want to get there you got to start thinking like they think so yeah and it's just amazing how they like kind of know these little tricks of the trade like i remember in that first season he was talking about trying to get some vehicles that the car dealership's just going to turn over to the auction anyway remember that right get these when they're on their way out you can easily get a good deal and you can flip them a little bit better and it's like oh yeah i hadn't even really thought about that but yeah, I'll I'll definitely check it out, especially if yeah. uh, he's gonna start a barbecue place. That's that's my goal. <laughs> Let 
let me know. I'm already got the first plate, man. Well, hey. behind there, that's the second one. <laughs> so I, I got a question for you guys, because I mean, to be in that, how sure do you think their ego and their self understanding of themselves are? Because you guys, I mean, I know that you watched it. Those guys, I mean, and ladies, sometimes they're in a crying. Mm-hmm. And I was interested. I mean, Glenn Stern's the first one. I watched the, the, you know, they go back over the story. He almost died on one of those episodes. Really? Right. Yeah, because he had uh, he had the flange on the top of his uh, his, I think his esophagus removed, so he technically can't eat food. Yeah. Right. And he was eating, and so he almost you know had to go to the hospital whole nine or whatever. And as we we talked about the ego and and being soft. And I just think how strong those people, the ladies and the guys were on there. Yeah. I thought the same thing when I was watching Grant. It's like, he's got everything. He's got his penthouse in Miami. He's got his private jet. He can live whatever life he wants. But he gets dropped into Pueblo where it was like freezing cold, living out of a trailer. That He worked some, he worked some deal with some guy that he met at the gym to say, hey, I can help maybe add some value to your company if you give me a place to stay. And he, he, he basically told the producer. And the other thing is you got to listen to Lewis Howe's podcast with Grant because he talks a lot more about what actually happened behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. And being in those situations, you know that when there's, like, these local businessmen that are kind of like s- small-time ballers trying to flex on him, mm. and he can't, he can't really go to that place because he's got this other identity, it's like, man, that's got to be tough. Yeah, bite your tongue. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean that's what it takes. Is you gotta just get rid of that ego, and whether you're you know billionaire status or just trying to start out, if you can just add value to a few people, you can get it as a snowball. Yeah, mm-hmm. guarantee, man. No, no, that's. And I, I like. Stuff. Yeah, he doesn't like. He, he didn't want money from anybody. Where it's, it's totally different than most people. That you know, I want to go and I want a job, and what can you pay me, right? Everywhere he went, he was focused on how can I add value to you? Who are people you know? He all he wanted was connections and opportunities to add value to people. He never asked for money. Hmm. So it's good stuff. That's the trick. Mindset. Yeah, mindset is everything. Long term, I tell you, man. I'll be having these talks with my daughter. Um, she says she started to sound like me, so uh, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, heck yeah, man. <laughs> You know, they're in class and they're like, what do we do? You know, because I always, she was a kid, save to invest, save to invest. And um, and so they came around to class. Everybody was like, oh, you save for rainy day and all that. You know, she's like, oh, you save to invest. The teacher looked at her like, what the heck? It's like, good job, baby. Good yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know, awesome. but it, it's, the, it's the mindset, man. Um, I find myself, that's what I even now I struggle with a lot of times to stay in the right mindset, to stay the energy right, right? Because um, honestly, I watched that show and I knew I wasn't alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I do feel alone sometimes, man. It's it's tough being different. Yeah. Right? Um, from mindset, from how you act, from how you work, from how you play. I mean, and it's tough being secure and understanding that that's me and it doesn't matter if other people don't are not cool with it yeah I I know we're talking but like that's been one of the toughest things Mm. to not care about fitting in as much but still being cool with people right and still having a good time but 
understanding I'm different, right? And how I move and how I try, what I'm trying to get to in my life. Yeah. And the people that aren't there are going to, like, we talk about crabs in the bucket. The people that aren't there, they're going to try to drag you down because that's where they want Chuck. They want the old Chuck. They want the Chuck that's not continuously improving. And not because of you, it's because of how it reflects on them. Yeah. Yeah, because you level up, then they're going to have to level up, or or they feel like you're not going to be friends anymore. And it's like, man, hey, you, you're good being you. Go ahead and be you, man. Like, I want to be the best version of me every single day. Get better and better That's and better. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, for me, it's just that challenge of, like, hey, if Grant can go do it with not using his identity, not using any of his money in Pueblo. Why can't I do it 90 days in Dallas? Yeah. Like I should have it like maybe I'm maybe I'm not his personality but there's got to be a way. Right? Yeah. Right. But there's so much more in Dallas than what he had to work with. It's anybody anybody can do it as long as you want it bad enough and as long as you put in the work. Yeah. You know. You know. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, anything else? Guys, I know we've been going for a little bit. I'm 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 good. I gotta I gotta cook dinner for the kids. So. Yeah, I told him I said, "Hey, I'll be a little while," but you know. Yeah. yeah. No, right, but, we can wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Chuck, I, dude. First off, thanks for joining us, man. I mean, I think uh, hopefully, hopefully, you're open to making this a you know a more regular occurrence because I think you contributed a ton. A ton of the discussion, man. Clearly, you're you're a like-minded fella, so I like that, man. You know, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, go ahead. Sorry, Nick. No, I knew that you needed to come on eventually, and it was um, it was good good catching up. A lot of good uh, insights into things. So appreciate it, man. Yeah. No. Thank you guys for having me. Like I said, I've, I've been. You know, there was and we got a, a podcast. I was like, oh. Subscribe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, lo- I love it, man. Hey, at least at least we've officially met one of the people, right? That, that watches. Now we got to find the other three. <laughs> yeah, any of any other listeners out there that have a story to share, just come on, yeah. come on in. That's yeah. right. All right, gents. I appreciate right. it. Chuck will be in touch soon, man. Nate, we'll talk yeah. soon. And uh, enjoy the evening, guys. That's a good one. Later. Yeah.